words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. And the Lord said to me, today, there will be healing. Yes. And there will be healing in your soul. Yes. And when God heals your soul, it will flow into your body. The Lord said to me that there are people who are bound by many mental issues. You know, they're issues, they're debilitating issues in your mind. And those issues are beginning to seep into your bloodstream. You know, many times, if your soul is not free to flow, you know, to let things flow out of it, it will find an outlet. And for many people, it's beginning to flow into your bloodstream and it's beginning to affect your well-being. But God will take care of that today. I know that he will. Hallelujah. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I want us to all read it out loud. NKJV. Are we ready? Psalm 23. New King James Version. Can we have it up? Okay. Can we read together? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. my shepherd if God is your shepherd what does that make you his sheep if God is your shepherd you are his sheep why does the Bible liken us to sheep many times why doesn't the Bible call us goats or chickens or hens sheep have an ability to follow they are easily led they are easily you know, they surrender easily. A sheep knows its owner. A goat will fight its owner. A sheep will follow its owner. Sheep are intuitive. They're intelligent. All right? And when David wrote that psalm, Psalm 23 is a psalm of David. When David wrote that psalm, he wrote that psalm with revelation and understanding. Why? He had been a shepherd for years. He understood the sheep. So when David said, the Lord is my shepherd, he saw himself as a sheep. Because he attended flock for so many years. And he understood the behavior of sheep. There were times, remember when he was saying that there were times his sheep would get lost. He would go and bring them. There were times there would be attacks. He would fight them. And he needed God to be his shepherd. 
He understood it. So when you read that psalm and you say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're making reference to God. But how about us, the sheep? The other thing about sheep is that they are prone to wonder. So sheep graze in, you, 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 will, you, you will never hear of a sheep attacking an, another animal. But you will hear of them grazing in, in a, a flock. They are always together. Why are they always together? Their safety is in their numbers. Their safety is in their numbers. They're always together. They thrive when they're together. They, they eat together. They move together. And how do they move? They wait. When they hear the shepherd, the shepherd brings direction. Then they begin to move. And that's why, you know, in the New Testament, he says, my sheep, they do what? They hear my voice and they follow me. God's sheep, they hear his voice. He says, the voice of a stranger. You will not hear it. They hear my voice. They follow me. In that psalm, he says, he will take you beside still waters. In fact, that was one of the things that confused me. I was like, God, why still waters? But sheep can't swim. If they are thirsty and they come to running waters, they will rather die than drink. Because if they fall into the water, they will drown. So what does the shepherd do? He steals the water so that they can drink. Everything you need, God makes provision available. Everything. See, God looks at you. He sees your weakness. He understands it. Human nature makes us run away from God. You know, we, we grew up with this idea of a, such a holy God. He cannot behold sin. So when we sin, what do we do? We run. No. He's your shepherd. He will steal the water for you. When you need to lay down, he will make green pastures available for you. God will do whatever it takes to get you okay. He will do it. Even when you wander like a sheep, they are prone to wander. They get lost. There are some of us sitting here, we're just lost. You're lost under pressure. You're lost maybe in sin or an addiction. Don't run. Come to him. Come to the shepherd. He will bring healing. And then there's something that happens to the sheep. They call it the cast sheep. You know, because as they're feeding, they're also, you know, um, growing wool. Sometimes it becomes a bit heavy and then they fall on their backs. When they fall on their backs, they can't breathe anymore. You know, somebody has to turn them over. The shepherd is there, he picks them up and he turns them over. The shepherd is here this morning. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know if you've wandered. I don't know if you are lying on your back. 
I don't know what you've been through. I only know my story. And I only know how much I need the shepherd. But many times we're laboring under so much weight, thinking that perhaps you're the only one who, has, who is going through. Oh, my marriage has broken. Oh, I've lost my job. Oh, my children are going astray. Oh, my parents. Oh, I have no money. Oh, this, that. You're not the only one. Everybody goes through trying times. And I sense in my spirit that there are people who are sitting here, you're going through very trying times. And you know, we just wake up in the morning, put on our makeup, wear your best clothes, come and sing, dance, smile, and nobody really knows what you're going through. In fact, there are people who are going through really tough times that they have come to a point where they are beginning to judge God unfaithful. The Lord says he doesn't make a mistake. The Lord says he's faithful. He's faithful. And he will bring healing and he will bring deliverance. For some of you, he will leave you in that situation. But in that situation, guess what will happen? You will find joy. It won't drown you. You are his sheep. A good shepherd takes care of his sheep. You will not drown. Let me read the story in 2 Samuel 15. Second Samuel. I'm reading from verse 13. Now a messenger came to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, arise and let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servant said to the king, we are your servants, ready to do whatever my lord the king commands. Then the king went out with all his household after him. But the king left 10 women concubines to keep the house. And the king went out with all the people after him and stopped at the outskirts. Then all his servants passed before him and all the Cheritites and all the Pelitites and all the Gittites, 600 men who had followed him from Gath, passed before the king. Then the king said to Etai the Gittite, why are you also going with us? Return and remain with the king. Which king should they remain with? Absalom. Who was Absalom to David? His son. So here is a father who is king. And his son believes, I can do this job better. I'm going to betray my father. Why should a father have to run away from his son? This was not a war of, you know, an enemy coming from outside. This is your son. David was running away from his own son. So David said to Itai, go cross over. 
you know, generally told Itai to stay, and then um, if you read up to um, the next chapter, um, I wanted to go to verse five, Second Samuel sixteen, verse five. Shimei causes David. When King David came to Bahurim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera, coming from there. He came out, cursing continuously as he came, and he threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And Shimei said thus when he cursed, come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you are caught in your own evil because you are a bloodthirsty man. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? Let him curse, because the Lord had said to him, curse David. Who then shall say, what, why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and all his servants, see how my son, who came from my own body, seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite let him alone and let him curse? For so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. What is the curse of Shimei compared to the curse of your own son? So here is David, a mighty, mighty warrior, a mighty king running away from his son. And because he's in that position, Shimei then takes advantage of it and decides, ah, <laughs> we thought that, we'll not tell you, go happen, it has happened, and started to curse him. David literally, his soul was broken. And he said to them, let him curse me. If my own son can curse me, <sighs> who is this? I've seen the worst of it. Let him curse me. His soul was broken. And many times we go through life broken. We experience things that just break us. But God restores. God restores. If you read that story, God brought David back and enthroned him as king over Israel. I read another story to you, 1 Kings 19. I'm not going to take um, a lot of your time because we're going to pray this morning. Um, and First King 19 from verse one, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life 
as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Lord, take my life. I am no better than my father's. If you read chapter 18, you will see the battle of the gods where Elijah had challenged all the prophets of Baal and had said to them, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. So when you get home, read that story. All the prophets of Baal, they had called on their God. They had cried from morning till sunset and their God did not answer. And Elijah had come and had cried, and God answered by fire. This is Elijah, through whom the Lord had wrought mighty miracles. God had done great things through him. In chapter 19, Jezebel says to him, eh, okay, today I will deal with you. You know how the advanced army is now feeling like, you know, 21 days. Let the devil try me now. Can't cast. I'm seeing Pastor Precious just, you know, like, you know. And many times it's like that. You find a place in God that is so, it's so rich, it's so full, it's so high. You're feeling on top of the world and... Malaria and vertigo just spins your brain around. <laughs> you land in a hospital bed helpless. <laughs> All the messages you've preached in your life starts judging you. <laughs> Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> Often like that, you get to a place in God, you begin to think that, I'm a man of God. Then one, one, one matter just <laughs> said, oh God, please. He cried out. He says, better I'm dead. But God did not despise him in that cry. He did not. A good shepherd takes care of his sheep. No matter the condition of the sheep. A good shepherd understand this. God does not despise you. Whether you can fast for 21 days or not, God does not despise you. What did God do when he was crying? Oh, Father, just kill me. What did he do? He came and he fed him. He said to him, sleep. Said to him, rest. The Lord said to me, <laughs> He said, You think it's all your loud and plenty prayers that is. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that if you do not pray, I will not help you? Do you think that because you're sedated and in a hospital bed, I do not hear the cry of your heart. A good shepherd takes care of his sheep. God is a good shepherd. 
God is not afraid of your mess. God is not afraid of any mess. Stop hiding it. A good shepherd takes care of his sheep. Genesis 21. God is committed to looking after you. It's a commitment. He's committed to taking care of you. Doesn't matter what you do. You know, sometimes we think we're really smart. You're hiding, you know, you're hiding the less the Lord we see that I'm a sinner. <laughs> Verse 8, Genesis 21. So the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham's coffin. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman, because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Is there anyone who is wandering in the wilderness? You're just wandering. You know, you don't even understand where is my life headed? What am I doing? Where am I going? I don't even know what God is saying. I'm hearing people giving testimonies and talking about boldness and obedience and compassion. Me, I don't even know which way to go. God is not afraid of your wandering in the wilderness. God is also in the wilderness. A good shepherd will leave the 99 and find that one who is wandering in the wilderness. Verse 15, and the water in the skin was used up and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. The woman was weeping. Whose voice was God hearing? The child. There are some people, the cry is not even audible anymore. The pressure is so much that, you know, the, the cry, you can't even voice it out anymore. God hears it. God hears it. He says, and God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Wherever you are this morning, God hears you. 
whether audible or not, God hears you. Whatever it is you're going through, God hears you. Broken dreams, you don't have hope anymore, God hears you. I've been despondent many times. I've faced situations where like Elijah, I said to God, ah God, it's time up, let me just do and be going. Because heaven cannot be like this. Let me just go. I've been in those situations. But the one thing I know is everything that has a beginning has an end. Whatever you are going through, it will end. But you see today, God will restore your soul. And that restoration of your soul will bring healing to your mind and to your body. There's someone sitting here. Your mind is under tremendous pressure. And that pressure has caused you to judge God unfaithful. And has caused you to say, God, take me, I'm done. God will restore your soul today. Not tomorrow, today. God will bring restoration. The Lord said to me, he said, there's an angel of healing in this house. I said, really? He said, yes. He said to me, I have put in Pastor Mo an anointing for healing. He said that clearly to me. And Pastor Mo is going to pray. In 2019... I think I, I joined Ecclesia Hills and then one day in 2019, I can't remember if it was September, October, um, Pastor Mo said to me, can we have a prayer meeting in your house? And I quickly said, okay. And at that time I lived in uh, these townhouses with very posh neighbors who don't like noise. So every time you'd be reading in estate email, hey, there was so much noise coming from flats. They would just write your flat, you know. <laughs> I didn't know when I told Pastor Mo, yes. Well, I knew, but I thought prayer meeting, maybe like five, six people. So first of all, I saw somebody coming with keyboard. <laughs> they came with keyboard, they came with one box thing that looked like drums. Then they start setting up. Then people start coming. The living room was full. We had to put chairs. I was so restless. You know, at a point, I went outside when they were praying to hear the level of... I said, God, I've entered. This meeting will not finish before they start sending um, emails. And these guys were not even coming down in the prayer. From outside, I was just hearing. They were worshiping at the top of their lungs. After a while, I said to myself, better join this prayer meeting because they've written the email already. In for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> you will just answer the email. <laughs> so 
when I entered the room, the living room was full. So I, I just put a, I put a mat on by, I, at the dining area and I lay down there and I joined the meeting and I started to pray. And as I was praying, I sensed a presence that came to me and it was a man and he touched me and he said, today I'm taking your grief away. I was like, no, he, he actually introduced himself properly. He said, I'm an angel, my name is Soothing, and today I'm taking your grief away. Like, I don't have grief. <laughs> I kept wondering, I don't, have, I don't have any grief. But I stayed in that prayer meeting. We finished the meeting at about nine, nine-ish. And then everybody left. I did not get any email. I went to bed, I slept. I went to bed at about 10, and then I woke up at 6 a.m. I kid you not, for the last 10 years, I had never slept from 10 till 6. For the last 10 years of my life, I had battled insomnia. So for me to, I would literally go for days. I'll be awake, two days, three days, it was normal. Then. One day, I would just fall asleep. So if I'm sleeping in the car, on the couch, on the floor, in the kitchen, my family knew to just leave me because if you wake me up, that's it. The next two, three days, I will not be able to sleep. I had taken Lexotan. Ah, there was one blue one. Had, had, had. I didn't even used to take it with water, just swallow it. You know, and I'd abused it so much that it wasn't even working. At that point, there was no medication that could send me to sleep. So I'd said to myself, don't worry about it anymore. When you sleep, you sleep. So I would go to work, you know, and I would have headaches and all. But that evening, I slept. I slept from 10 till 6, and I was like, hmm. Maybe because I had not slept for two days prior. That afternoon, I slept afternoon sleep. Yeah. Any day I do afternoon sleep, know that the next three days, there'll be no sleep. That afternoon, I slept, and I was upset at myself. I was like, ah, why did I sleep this afternoon? I'll not be able to sleep at night. That night, 8 p.m., I slept. I woke up at 6 the next day, afternoon sleep, night sleep. I was like, what? This is what my friend, this is the one he has been enjoying since. Just <laughs> and some people don't get it. They'll just tell you, hey, put off the TV, switch off your... F I had done that. They'll tell you, drink one... I drank one milk, bon vita, everything. Just lie down, close your eyes. If, yeah, it doesn't happen. But after that angel touched me that day, he said to me, my name is Soothing. Today I take your grief away. By the time I'd slept morning and night for a week, I had to ask the Lord, what, what is going on? He said, I've taken your grief away. I said, but I didn't have any grief. And then my mind, you know how you rewind my mind just went zzz, 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 10 years back 
to something that happened that just broke my heart in pieces. And I did not know that because I was broken, my soul needed restoration. And the only way my body could cope with it was to just shut down sleep. I thought the event had passed. I didn't know it was bottled up there in my heart. And I didn't know that that bottling up had distorted so many aspects of my life until the Lord brought healing. Today there's an angel called soothing. Can I have Hills music please? Some of you are suffocating. Some of you have become so used to the problem. You've adjusted. You've made lifestyle adjustments to accommodate the problem. Today there's an angel called soothing. There are many angels here this morning. There's healing here. you but God is going to release new life he's going to release his breath even the things that are seemingly forgotten that you have stored up that have dammed up your heart Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.